Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hello, everyone. It's Nick here, and welcome to another episode of Scale Up Your Business. I have just arrived back in the UK after spending almost a month, I can't believe it was literally a whole month in the US, having a pretty amazing time of both work and pleasure. So the first part was a great conference in San Diego, which was all about the power of influence, and I made some amazing contacts. In fact, some of the people that I met at that conference will be coming on the show shortly, so look forward to that. And the second few weeks was really just taking some time out with the family. So it was actually a trip that we planned for a long time, taking the girls to Disney World in Florida, uh, sort of 18 months, if you like, in the planning. So I've literally just got off the plane, and as I record this today, yeah, there's a bit of jet lag, so hopefully you'll forgive me for, you know, if there's any lack of energy, I apologize up front, but the topic I'm going to cover today, I think, is an exciting one for many of you because it's going to be right at the cusp of what it means to be a leader of your business. So before I get into that, um, great. Thanks again, everybody. You know, really good feedback coming through, as always. Awesome amount of people now getting in touch, wanting you know, some help from me, um, even if it's just to bounce around a few ideas. So as I said, I enjoy doing that. It's part of my contribution back. So if you feel that I can help you, even if it's just for a quick call, please reach out and I'm more than happy to do that and hopefully give you some guidance and point you in the right direction. And if you want anything more formal than that, as I said, my business coaching um, side of things has now officially launched. Uh, so I've got a few people who have signed up to work with me for the next six to 12 months. Um, I have a very limited capacity on that. I'm only working with a maximum of 10 people at any one time. So if you think that is something that you need, then again, please reach out. You can get in touch with me via email, nick at fielding.global, or of course, through any of the social media channels. But today I want to talk about what it, may, what it means, what it takes to be a CEO. And the CEO is a title, but it's much more than that. And I've been CEO of a few large businesses or sort of medium to large businesses in my time. And I've also obviously been the CEO of a startup, a couple of startups that I've done, and they're very different in nuances. And this, this topic, if you like, was inspired by Jason Bullock, who is a CEO himself, and he got in touch with me via LinkedIn and said, listen, I'd love you to cover this. In fact, he said, you know, the title, it means different things. And he's right because, you know, if you start a business, you are essentially, often if you are the founder, you you usually are the CEO, not always. You can obviously be co-founders with other people and one of your partners, if you like, takes up that leadership role or certainly the most um, visible leadership role. But sometimes you become a CEO by working yourself up through a business and there's a difference. And I want to cover that today because I think a lot of people, and this was Jason's excellent point, he said that you know, a lot of people assume the role if they're doing a startup, an entrepreneurial startup, and they don't really have any training. You know, And 
And there's some things that can happen that can go wrong very quickly if you if you've never run a business before. And as much as as much as you want to make mistakes and learn quickly from those mistakes, you also want to mitigate anything that could be disastrous and have you know severe lasting consequences. So I want to talk a little bit about the skills a CEO should have and focus on, how they should develop them quickly, where they should focus their time on a day-to-day basis, the pitfalls to watch out for. And, you know, there's a piece in this probably about if you if you haven't got this set up about how you find good mentors who help you as well, because it's a lonely place. And my if I go back, let me go back, because I said I've been a CEO of, of some large, large-ish companies, um, big, you know, US-backed private equity-backed companies where I've been the, the guy at the top running the, the whole international business for some of them, some smaller ones as well. Most of them have been private equity-backed businesses. The first thing I want to say is I set the goal to be a CEO pretty early on. So after I did my first startup and sold that business and moved into the corporate space, I didn't really associate what that that sort of leadership role was in the same way. And and when I got into the corporate space, you learn a lot. You learn a lot and there's a a progression pathway to the the more senior board and director Mm -hmm. positions. But at the same time, it's it's still quite a, a a challenging goal to set. You know, not many people get to it. Not many people have the opportunity to to take on that role. And I I'm very fortunate and very grateful that I was given those opportunities quite early in my career. But I set the goal and what I did to get to that position is I made sure that I I, I got good if you like at the managing people side of things and and making sure that everything that I did was was focused on leadership. And those skills around leadership have served me well across many things I've done since. And I suppose the focus of today's episode about, you know, how do you be a great CEO? First and foremost, it's about leadership, your own leadership, how you lead others, how you influence other stakeholders. It's all about that level of self-awareness, confidence, and congruency in who you are. And that's the first piece. But let me take you through a number of different things. So what I'd like to cover around this today is, you know, what are the observations that I've had as I've sat in that chair? And if you are, particularly because this is scale up your business, as I always say, it's about people who are going through the challenges, the opportunities, the fun, the excitement of scaling a business. Hopefully these observations will help you just maybe think about things a little bit differently. It might point you in the direction if you're struggling a little bit with the authority and what it means to be, you know, that that top person uh, in in your in your business and your organization. The first thing is being a CEO is lonely. It's you kind of think that you're at the sort of top of the business. You know, you're the person. You know, that's true and. But, you know, if, if it's a startup, obviously, it's usually just you and a few people. If you're running a bigger business, it's still just as lonely. And what I mean by that, and I don't, I don't say that in a kind of like a pitiful way or a woe is me, it's you tend to be in a league of your own, but you serve many masters. So if I talk about that from the context of the corporate world, there's a piece where if you're on a board or you're a senior director, senior manager, you tend to be an executive and you're the member of a team and you drive a piece of the strategy. But as a CEO, that strategy, good or bad, you own and you have to lead the team. And 
everyone in the business, no matter who they are, is looking for you for the direction to execute against that strategy. Now, that may seem quite obvious, but when you're actually doing it and you understand what can be the pressure of that, of having to make that decision and own the outcome, you've got to embrace that you know, in, in, in your business if you are going to be that, that top role, if you are going to be the CEO. If you're not prepared to do that, you need to find someone else who can. And I often say, particularly if you've got a business that's growing and scaling, you know, sometimes you want to hire an MD or hire a CEO to take it forward. I mean, that happened with Google quite famously a number of years back. Someone who's better positioned to take on that leadership role. But in the beginning, you know, particularly if you're subscale, you need to own that massively. And that's where I ultimately say, if, if you're not comfortable about that, you definitely need to surround yourself with people who can help you develop your own mindset and skill set because you're not going to have the resources in the beginning to be able to to be able to scale the business effectively the other way to do it is start a business with someone else yeah someone else who is comfortable in that leadership role and you might be technically good at something else if it's a digital business you might be really strong at IT for example then you know make sure that those roles are very clearly identified so that's the first bit Second bit for me is you've got to have a thick skin and you've got to be ready for judgment. And in many cases, if you are, let's say you've gone from a world of employment to, to owning a business where, you know, you were giving a lot, you, there's a lot of where you're going to get more internal pressure and criticism and external pressure and criticism if you've got investors that sometimes is appropriate and sometimes is unfounded. And so when you take on that role, you, you have to be prepared that that's what's going to happen. I certainly, I certainly had heaps of that. And I was kind of not really aware of it or prepared for it is a better way to describe it when I first got a CEO gig because I, I sort of thought that when you're in the top job, you know, you got to make the call. And I was really comfortable with that level of accountability but what I wasn't prepared for was the small details of, of everyone wanting you to look after their interests. So you've got the people within your business, then you've got the people who are external to that, be that customers or investors, and you've just got to be able to brush these things away. So I talk about it a lot uh, indirectly on this podcast about you've got to have good routines, you've got to good have, have good habits. Sometimes those things sit within affirmations, you know, about who you are and what you need to be. And those things are actually programming your subconscious to be able to deal with the challenges. Because if, you're, if you have fragility, if you don't like criticism, if you don't like conflict, being a good, you know, a great CEO is going to be bloody difficult because you're going to get it. So align with that, you know, as I said, the, the first point was it's lonely at the top and you have to have a thick skin. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. And, you know, if, if you're sitting here now listening to this going, oh, God, I'm not that person, but you've got a business, you just have to contextualize that about what that means you need to become. What is your identity to be able to take that business forward? It doesn't mean that you have to be the same as someone else, but you need to be able to bring these characteristics in to be a great CEO. And that's why throughout my career, I've surrounded myself with other people who, be that board directors, non-execs, um, people who I admire, who've got skills and attributes and experiences that I haven't had as yet, 
because that just makes the whole thing so much easier. Okay, so with me, with me so far, <laughs> the third one is, and this is, I think this is actually probably the biggest secret in business, actually. So everyone's getting their pens and pens and pencils out to write this down. Nothing is more important than putting the right people in the right place at the right time. Nothing is more important than this. So I've said before, people have asked me, what's the difference between startup and scale up? Well, the difference between sort of startup to scale up is that you have to bring people in and with you. It doesn't always mean that they're your employees. They can be partners, they can be associates, they can be all sorts of things. But it's impossible to scale a business, in my mind, unless you're prepared to work cohesively with other people. Now, I get it. Some people have got online businesses. They can sit at home and everything comes in via Amazon arbitrage. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's a, you know, a, an amazing dynamic these days of how you can, you can grow using some of those more progressive online opportunities. But even in those business models, you've got to be able to relate and you've got to be able to lead and manage people. So if, a, if the first couple of things that I said were more about you as the individual, about having a thick skin, about having confidence, about having conviction, about knowing what you need to do, this is about being able to identify talents, identify attributes and confidence and those, those really important skills that are going to allow you to be able to put in the pieces of your business which are going to get you to where you want to get to quicker. So just a couple of points around this. There's a fine line between showing compassion and doing what's right for your team, for your people and your company. So it can be easy to give people too much time to fix problems, to fix situations, you know, if, or whereby you have to jump in and do their job for them and micromanage. It's a really fine line to do that. Most of the entrepreneurs that I work with who haven't come through the ranks of a corporate level of experience tend to feel that they have to do everyone else's jobs. And that's one of the biggest failings. This is why I say the person who starts a business is not always the right person to scale it. It doesn't mean that you have to bring a new person in. It just means that the skill set and mindset of that person has to change. Because if your default position is, when I started this business, I needed to do everything. So therefore, that's what I need to do now to scale. You are 100% wrong. What you need to be able to do is bring in people who are better than you, more expert or specialist than you in the areas that are needed for you to scale the business. And you need to set them very, very clear objectives, very, very clear outcomes. You need to give them support, but you need to get out of the way and let them do their thing. And this is, this is why I say this is the number one thing. If you can recognize this early, if you can trust the people that you're bringing in, trust your gut, recognize when things aren't working, but more importantly, feel confident that you're going to give people enough space to be able to do what they can, you are going to get to where you want to go much, much faster. So when I talk with other CEOs or I think back to my experience, the most consistent regret is always not moving fast enough on people issues and people decisions, um, not accelerating through transitions of people, taking a hard look at your team. They're the things that, that make the biggest mistakes. And if I think back to a couple of my own personal experiences, some of the biggest mistakes I made early on were around the sales arena. You bring in someone who's supposed to be a hotshot salesperson, they're not working out, but you really want them to work out. 
and you waste six months and all of a sudden the business isn't performing, the numbers aren't coming in and you know what the problem is. You've, you've made the wrong hire, but because that's your decision, you don't want to own it. Now, if I look back, I don't make those decisions. I don't make those mistakes, sorry, anymore. And when I'm looking to work with entrepreneurs and founders, I call it out really quickly or get them to see it more quickly because I know if you can make that decision in a, in a in a more deliberate and intentional way, then that is going to get you, as I said, to where you want to get quicker. And it's also going to mitigate the risk of things not working. Okay, so take that one. I'm sure you've written lots of notes. If I could summarize one point today about what it means or what it is to be a great CEO, it's, it's definitely around this one. The next point is you are ultimately the roadshow. And some entrepreneurs, many entrepreneurs actually, who, who are really passionate about solving a problem and starting a business, they love this. So in many cases, the CEO is the front person, the front guy, the, the full guy, whatever you want to call it. They are the ones that you have to be comfortable in that place. Now, it, some, of the, some of the best CEOs that, that, that we talk about in the modern era have been introverts. They haven't necessarily been, you know, the guys who are out there feeling really comfortable, you know, in front of everyone. There's a there's a famous story in the UK about Terry Leahy, who used to be the CEO of Tesco, huge retail group over here. And, and he was a, more of an operational person, quite considered very, very strong and confident and tough in, in his decision making, but certainly not the person who could engage and captivate the room, so to speak. But he had a level of gravitas, which was really powerful. So when I say you are the roadshow, don't think that I'm thinking about some sort of Hollywood film, you know, elegant, uh, articulate. Although those things are important, but probably the more important thing is the ability to connect, the ability to be real, the ability to be authentic. And if you can be authentic, be who you are, being the roadshow is more about people buying into what you're about so as i said at the very beginning you own the strategy you don't delegate the strategy the strategy and the vision of the business is something the ceo has to own and so by being the roadshow what that simply means for me is you need to be able to tell the story of that vision and that strategy multiple times often multiple times in a day so that as you inspire as you lead as you connect you are making sure that everyone in the business, everyone outside the business is following suit. So to use a, an overused example of Apple, and there's lots of stuff around when Steve Jobs went back, what did he really do? He did a couple of things. One thing he simplified, which is another point. He made, he made the vision for the business very clear and simple. You know, he did that. He did it through storytelling. And he made sure that everyone in the business understood that rightly or wrongly. And if they didn't like it, they weren't there. And that comes back to that point around decision-making. So that's a big business. That's a slightly different thing from the startup to scale up, but the same principles apply. And the one thing I would say here is that as you are building your teams and you are setting the vision, it's best to get people aligned to that from day one, not day 180. So you're setting this tone from, from the outset. The next point is, is again, quite intrinsic. It's your, your values 
ultimately will determine your value. So this sort of segues a little bit to the roadshow point and the vision point is that I always say that whoever the CEO is of an organization, their values, their standards set the tone for the rest of the business and they set the tone for the culture. So if you're not clear about your values and you're not clear about your standards, it's going to be very, very hard for people to know what the expectation is for them. So it comes back a little bit again to self-leadership. If you know what's important to you and, and therefore that sets the tone, then that's what you need to communicate, align to the vision. And, and the best way I found to do this as well is you align the vision, values and standards to the results and outcomes you're trying to achieve. But if customer service is a massive thing, if that's a differentiator in your business, what are the standards that need to be set and how are you going to measure them? So all of this becomes, in some cases, a machine but the job of the CEO is to set the pace, to set the tone, not necessarily to run the machine, but to make sure that all the ingredients, all the resources are put together for that machine to work effectively. And the last part, the bit that is often forgotten, particularly in the startup to scale up journey, I think Daniel Priestley calls it the wilderness or the no man's land or something like that, where it just feels like a struggle, is you've got to remember to have fun. So whether you're the CEO of a bigger business or whether you're the CEO of a startup, it's an exciting time. You know, you've worked hard to get into that position, so you've got to enjoy it. You're opening the door to new possibilities, you know, providing a fresh perspective. You're impacting the future of something. You know, you're creating something, and that's massively exciting. Lots of people for whatever reason, they never put themselves in the position to do this. Sometimes it's because you know, their, their value of creating something, creating a business is not their highest value, and that's absolutely fine. Other times it's because people are scared and they have limiting beliefs. But if you're in the role, you've got to understand that it's not going to be easy, but at the same time, you're in a very unique position that can influence and shape and that for me is, is absolutely cool. That's the reason why I like it. It's the reason why I like working with entrepreneurs. It's the reasons why I like working on business scale up is because you, you get to affect so much. You, you get to affect so much change and you've got to really enjoy that. So the best CEOs that I've had the pleasure of working for or working with have always been able to show the balance of fun. So as much as a lot of the stuff I've spoken about today is, oh, it's hard work, it's this, you've got to do this, you've got to be congruent with this, and you've got to make tough decisions, and you've got to, yeah, those are all true. But the best ones balance that brilliantly with fun, with a really strong culture, with a bit of a reverence, a bit of, a bit of just, you know what, taking things seriously when it's important, but at the same time realizing that we're all on a journey to enjoy this. So that's the last point. If you want to be a great CEO, you've got to balance all of those elements together. So I do appreciate it is a lot. But from my perspective, if you're prepared to do that and you want to do it, it's something that you can learn. It's not something that you're necessarily born with. Some people do find leadership a little bit easier. But if you become a great leader of yourself, you can invariably become a great leader of other people. It comes back to that point about being authentic. And if that is the one thing to take away from this is work out what that needs to be for you 
And if you're going to work, you know, walk back into your business tomorrow, you know, if you're leading it or you have aspirations to be a CEO in a bigger corporate business, that's the one thing that's going to get you there faster. Being true, being congruent, delivering results, but being authentic. And people see that, they feel it, and that's when you get that connection, you get that rapport, and you absolutely become seen as the leader um, and the person who can, can ultimately be accountable in driving the business forward. So there we are. So hopefully, hopefully I covered all of Jason's points. It was a fantastic, he actually wrote me a really long email, which I appreciate. And his main thing was, you know, where should, where should a CEO be focusing their time? Well, the focusing on time, if you're the CEO, is making sure that the machine runs. That's the key piece. And as I said, it's about putting people in the right, in the right places. So if you're doing that and you're doing that with, with conviction, then, then absolutely are you doing the right stuff. So just to summarize, so reasonably quick episode. So how do you become a great CEO? So just to go through the points in order, first thing is, you know, you assert it very much in a league of your own. It can be lonely. You know, you, you feel like you've got the top gig, but you do serve many masters. Gary Vinacek calls it, you know, the, the people that he's not the CEO of the business. He's actually there, you know, having all the other people. He, he's not managing the teams, if you like. He's the person who's reporting into everyone else in the organization. <laughs> it's a nice way to put it because what he's saying is, I'm there to serve you. And that's broadly the point I'm making here. Second point is you've got to have thick skin. You've got to have confidence. You've got to get rid of limiting belief. You've got to realize that the role is sitting up there and, and, and being in the firing line on occasion. But at the same time, it's, it's about making sure that you can to tolerate that and handle that in the right way. Third point was nothing is more important than putting the right people in the right place at the right time. Fourth is you are the roadshow. Whether you're an introvert, an extrovert, it doesn't matter. You are the top person and that is as much fun as it can be challenging at times, but you need to be prepared that that is the role. Fifth point is your values can determine your value in the business, the culture. You've got to be clear on what they are. You can't be Jekyll and Hyde. You've got to be authentic. And the last point, number six, is you've got to have fun. You've got to introduce fun. If everything is too serious all the time, you're not going to engage and, and you're not going to enjoy it. So even if you're going through a tough time right now, you know, work out that that's not going to last forever. That's literally something that you've got to push through. And, and if you're struggling with that, make sure you surround yourself with people that can help. But the key thing is, you know, set high expectations, be deliberate. Most of all, remember leadership and scale up. And, and being a CEO, being a great CEO is all about the people that you work with and bring in. They ultimately are the company and they are the people who are going to take you where you need to be. And that's why it's such an important thing to, to, to want to be the best leader that you possibly can be. So there we are. So some insights from me today. Hopefully this is connected with you. Hopefully it's provided some value to you. If you're feeling... God, that's a bit overwhelming. There's so much there. Well, that's the role. Reach out. I'm more than happy to share with you some more of my journey. We haven't got enough time to cover all the things I've learned from sitting in the, the hot seat <laughs> as a CEO from my career. I'm more than happy to share those with you. And, you know, if you are, you know, struggling, as I said, the most important thing is go out there and start to build your peer group, start to get, you know, into a wider network. The more you can share the journey with other people, the more you are going to have fun, the more successful you're going to be, and the more fun you're going to have scaling your business. So that's it for today. 
thank you very much. Be grateful, be brave, have faith, and show up. Bye for now.